Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Booster Digital Displays. Revolutionize your game day experience with Booster Digital Displays. We also want to say thank you to Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics, made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. And Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Reed Hollinger. Reed is a registered athletic administrator and he's the assistant AD at Purcell Marion High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. Reed, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jake. Now, we've had a chance to, uh, you know, trade some emails and some tweets back and forth. So I'm excited to have you be able to share to our audience. We always like to let our uh, listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and how you ended up at um, your present position? So I am um, from Columbus, Ohio, originally from the Northwest side, graduated from Hilliard Darby High School. I uh, played baseball during my time there, uh, graduated and then moved on to uh, the Ohio State University uh, where I got my undergrad in sport industry, sports management. Um, through there, I did a couple internships at uh, local high schools, which is where I kind of you know, saw my true love for interscholastic athletics. You know, uh, my assistant AD at the high school was also my baseball coach. So there was that relationship there to uh, be able to come back and work with him while I was in school. So I did my senior capstone at my high school, did like four or 500 hours there, then graduated and then went on to get my master's degree from the University of Cincinnati under uh, Dr. Kelly, who I know you've had on the program before. So got to learn underneath him and uh, was a great, tremendous program there at UC, uh, learned a wealth of knowledge and also got to intern at a few different uh, local high schools in the, in the city of Cincinnati as well. After that, I took a job as a site manager and I was a paraprofessional at uh, Edgewood High School, which is where my wife, my fiance at the time was a teacher and a head varsity volleyball coach so I was in charge of site managing different events there throughout the day, um, did some social media and graphic work there, and then kind of worked my way up through there. Uh, position for the middle school AD came up, uh, was got the opportunity to become that. So it was in the uh, middle school sports that we had there, while at the same time assisting the high school athletic director. And then last May, 10 days before this pandemic started, I started at Purcell Marion. So it was an interesting school year last year you know, to be in the school for 10 days and then 
they kind of kick you out and tell you, well, you're going to be working from home. So this is like my first like full school year at, at Purcell Marion and getting to work with the kids and couldn't be happier with where I am. Well, I always love to hear those stories. And again, what a great variety of experiences uh, for any athletic director, you know, being at, you know, the Ohio State University, uh, being a part of Dr. Dave Kelly's, uh, you know, master's program, and then those various experiences you've had in the schools, uh, you know, wow, what a great, uh, you know, hit the ground running uh, uh, training program. No, most definitely. I mean, I felt like it's been a non-traditional, right? I mean, you have most athletic directors that I have run into have gone the teacher route first to teach they coach a sport for a number of years, and then they become an athletic administrator. And I feel like Dr. Kelly's program is really helping promote the fact that, you know, that is still a great route to go, but there's also different routes to go to become an athletic administrator. And there's that program at UC that really helped me get my feet wet and uh, helped prepare me for where I am today. Oh, well, I know he'll be glad to hear that. And, and you know, we've had a couple people from the program like yourself uh, as guests. So always good to hear how they're doing. Um, Reed, in our profession, uh, we always like to talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship. And uh, I know you're at, you're at the kind of the opposite end of your journey from me, uh, but who have been some of your mentors, you know, uh, maybe family members or teachers growing up or people that you worked with? Uh, the expression that I like to use is, even after all these years, I still hear those voices in my head. So mm -hmm. whose voice do you still hear? Um, my assistant baseball coach from, from high school, who is the assistant athletic director at the high school now, he's someone, you know, I can always call and rely upon. He's at a bigger school than I am, so he deals with a lot more than what I do. We only have around 400 kids at my high school, so, you know, if I have a question about anything, you know, he's always one of the first people that, that I call. Um, another mentor, as I mentioned, Dr. Kelly, you know, his, his work in helping me find the job where I am today. My boss is a uh, graduate of our undergrad program at UC. So the connections that I made from there helped me land where I am today. He's always someone that I can call for job advice, career advice, or just, or just want to chat. And then uh, Joe Roberts, he's an AD at another school, local school here uh, at Princeton High School. He's always someone you know I can go to if I have questions, really need something advice from him. He's always someone that I, that I, I turn and go to. Oh, again, I, I always love to hear those individuals that have impacted an AD's life. And it's a great reminder for all of us that, you know, we didn't get here by ourselves. You know, we mm -hmm. had people that were there to help us and sometimes push us uh, as we need it. Okay. Most definitely. Um, Reed, I think you probably represent uh, a big chunk of our listening audience, you know, the younger AD or people that are new to the profession, which is great. But um, it's great to see that you're already involved with our national organization. So talk a little bit about that. How did you hear about it? How did you get involved? And then the process of getting your RAA. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing my undergrad degree and I was interning at Hilliard Darby High School is when I first found out what the uh, OIAAA, the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administration was. Uh, I helped them win their award of excellence for best practices in interscholastic athletic administration. Uh, so it was huge putting together their project and, you know, award documentation for that, where I kind of learned about the OIAAA. And then when I moved on to grad school, um, UC pushes uh, as partners with the NIAAA. So I was able to take some of the classes and I got my RAA at a, a discounted rate through the partnership that UC has with the NIAAA. And then 
during this pandemic, I took some more of my classes and hoping to take my uh, CAA exam here if we have a summer conference or would be at the next fall or state conference, which is normally in November. So, but I definitely feel like those, those courses are very valuable and have helped. There's always documents in there and just the networking in general. I know last year you invited me to the uh, FIAAA conference, um, the, all the Zoom sessions that you guys had. And that's where I met uh, John Scramolo over at Clay County High School. And it was in his branding class, you know, that we kind of met afterwards and we chatted for probably a good hour on Google Meets just about branding, you know, what, what the job looks like in Florida, what the job looks like in Ohio. I was able to trade uh, some good ideas and John has become a, also, I would almost say a mentor, someone that I can go to. And if I have questions about anything, he's helped with our uh, student athlete leadership program that he did when he was at his previous job. And uh, so definitely just the networking that comes out of the uh, NIAAA and the OIAAA is something that as an AD is invaluable. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, gave us a little shout out for our listeners We're recording this on April 13th, which is actually the one year anniversary of that virtual uh, conference, if you will, that uh, we did last year in Florida when our conference got canceled. And uh, great to hear that uh, that John Session, uh, you know, spoke to you and that you were able to create that relationship, as you mentioned, that network. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, here we are a year later. And, uh, you know, geez, a year ago, uh, nobody knew what Zoom was. Uh, no, uh -uh. no, Zoom was relatively new and no one knew that it'd become such a huge part of our our daily lives. But thankfully, you know, things are starting to get back to somewhat normal. We can have some, some more in-person gatherings. All right. and again, I, I told people that that little uh, session of workshops that we did uh, was one of the uh, touch points for me, you know, creating this podcast. So I guess you can either, uh, you know, blame COVID or thank COVID for, uh, for the podcast that we've got. Um, Reed, I know you're, um, as we mentioned, you know, you're a young AD, you're, you know, you're still learning as we all are, but uh, you've had a chance to see some pretty impressive programs in your time. Uh, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is share what we call best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, you know, what are a, a couple of best practices that you have at uh, your school, Purcell Marion, or maybe at another school that you've seen that when you, you look at it, you can say, boy, we really do a great job with this. Uh, can you share some best practices? Yeah, so I feel like uh, a big one I'll steal from our, our neighbor down the street, Roger Bacon High School. Their assistant AD does a wonderful job of promoting his student athletes with the use of graphics, whether it be the use of Gipper or Box Out, and he gets into, into Photoshop. And they had a, a student athlete who uh, committed to play football at LSU from down there. So throughout his entire ride, you just see in the offers and stuff that he created and he's been their pro, uh, program has been recognized by VNN and different other athletic websites for the use of their graphics and it's something that we try to do here at Purcell Marion you know our student athletes are very vocal and engaged on social media so in order to stay present and up to date we know we try to engage them on social media game day graphics uh, highlighting their athletic achievements if they're for player of the week just certain things like that I feel like in the day and age is almost necessary to stay on on top of things. You know, as someone who uh, really just in this last year became, uh, let's say, social media aware, uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, amazed at how effective a tool it can be. Mm -hmm. And I just shared this uh, the other day, I was doing an interview 
and the athletic director, she shared that um, at her school, she had a big uh, Twitter presence, you know, posting events and results um, and found that her student athletes were on Twitter. But when she made the move and said, well, I think I'll create an Instagram account mm -hmm. and, and post a few things that it, it literally, in her words, blew up that the student athletes were on Twitter, but the students, the majority were on Instagram and that it gave her another venue to promote sports and also make some connections. Uh, you know, you're more of this uh, social media age than I am. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? No, most definitely. So coming at the schools that I've been at before, you know, we've had your typical Twitter and then maybe even like a, a Facebook page, you know, for maybe just the, informing the parents. But then when I got to Crystal Marion, they had an Instagram page and, you know, just posting there and seeing who all is on there, I realized, holy moly, the, ma the majority of these schools out here now have an Instagram page and I can post something on Twitter and I may get one or two likes, but I post the same thing on Instagram and it just blows up. Like you said, I've got 50, 60, 100 likes on it and a bunch of comments. So our students do engage a lot on Instagram. I think that's their social media tool now per se. You know, my generation, we still use Twitter a lot, but I feel like this younger generation is now Instagram, Snapchat, and then even newer TikTok or whatnot. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if any athletic departments are on TikTok now, but I'm sure that'd be a, a great way to engage your students if you had the time and ability to make a TikTok. You know, we have an AD here in uh, Florida who's on our board of directors, Pam Lancaster, Auburndale High School. She's on Twitter a lot, but she is she has embraced TikTok like crazy. Um, videos of her kids, her students, even herself. She had one the other day. She was taking batting practice with the baseball team. Uh, so obviously the TikTok's out there and we'll get off this topic, but I just saw this the other day at uh, Gus Malzahn, the new football coach at UCF, um, the players, they don't have their names on the back of their jerseys. They have their Twitter handles on the back of their jerseys. And he talked about, you know, well, that's you know, where they are. And he made the joke that uh, he's on uh, Twitter, but his mom and Gus Malzahn's my age, he goes, his mom is on Facebook. So, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about the Facebook, the Twitter, you know, the Instagram, TikTok, you know, you got to reach out where the kids are, but that's great to hear that you're doing some, some cool things on social media. Thank you. Yes. That's definitely helped our student engagement and overall just engagement of our program in school. Excellent. Thanks for sharing. Um, you and I were talking just a little bit before we came on about uh, COVID. So let's go and jump into that discussion. Oh, we're a little bit one year past the anniversary or a little bit past the one year anniversary of COVID shutting everything down. Uh, in Florida, I would say we probably had a fairly normal year as far as the seasons, fall, winter, and spring. Um, obviously, you know, you had the social distancing and, and no fans or reduced fans and things like that. And there were variations actually within the state. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, what's going on right now in Ohio and what's going on at your school uh, not just for return to sports, but also return to school and academics. Can you share what's happening in Ohio? Yeah, so the fall almost went off without a hitch. We didn't really have many COVID cases during the fall. And then right around Thanksgiving break, we had an outbreak in our girls' basketball program that shut them down for 
a few weeks, which is unfortunate. And then right before Christmas break, we had kind of an outbreak again, which, uh, which was unfortunate. So that shut us down to the beginning of the year. But after that, we were fine. But it was the biggest thing for us was, you know, games getting canceled due to COVID. You know, you can find out at 12 o'clock on a day you're supposed to play at six o'clock. Hey, we, we need out in the game. So now you're, <laughs> you're, you're struggling. It's almost like being in the spring, except it was in the winter, you know, with baseball rainouts and whatnot, but now everything's with COVID. So you're picking up a game left and right against teams you may not have ever scouted or had a chance to prepare for it. But that was just the situation we were thrown in. Um, right now, things are looking on the up and up. Uh, we're allowed to have, um, uh, for baseball and softball, sorry, we are allowed to have as many people as we can, obviously social distance and wearing a mask indoors are still at a 30%, I believe, capacity. So it's nice to be able to have fans at baseball and softball games. Um, but yeah, COVID is still around and we still have to be very, very aware and present of it. But I feel like we've done a great job of mitigating the risk for our students. And then in terms of school, we started two weeks ago, we went back to school. We brought everyone back in our building. Like I said, we are a rather small high school. We only have under 400 kids total in grades nine through 12. So we were able to safely bring back all of our students in person and still maintain, you know, at least that three foot of, of distance for our students to make sure that we're still being cautious and, and aware of COVID. You know, uh, everybody has a different story to tell, but uh, I'm, I also ask it. Uh, as you know, you were having to make these adjustments with your home events, you know, how is the response of your, your parents and your fan base, um, you know, any challenges to deal with? Um, no, I think most people understood, you know, the year that we were in and things could change within a second, you know, um, we actually picked up a game against the number one team in the city, just just like that, you know, our coach wasn't afraid to play anyone, no one else would play us or had an opening that day. So we played Mountain Notre Dame and girls basketball who've won 75 games in a row. So, I mean, yeah, so they were just ranked number one in the nation, I guess, by some poll here recently, but we weren't afraid to play them. You know, that's just the dynamic of the year we're in. We got to get our kids the opportunity to play. So we'll play anyone. But I think the fans and the parents understood that this is not going to be your, your typical year in a sense that every game that is scheduled is going to be played at the location that it was scheduled for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've all had to make adjustments and one of our very own, uh, our NIAAA president, uh, Lannis Robinson, you know, he made the comment that uh, there probably isn't another profession that was more equipped to deal with all of these changes than the rank and file athletic director mm -hmm. that is, you know, juggling those balls. I like to say juggling those chainsaws um, <laughs> of, you know, scheduling, transportation, parents, facilities, kids, COVID, contact tracing, you name it. So, um, mm -hmm. no, most definitely. We were, well we were, done. we were prepared. Um, another question that I've been asking our athletic directors revolves around this idea of social awareness or social justice. And, and my question is this, you know, what are some things from your perspective that we can do better? Uh, how can athletic directors better um, be aware of, uh, you know, the social issues that are challenging um, our kids these days? Most definitely. I feel like uh, my school has done a great job at this. Uh, we have a very large, almost a majority of our student population is 
is of color or a minority in that sense. So being able to sit down and listen to them, actively listening and being intentional with how we are listening and dealing with, that, with them. Um, as the whole social injustice thing was brought to light, we had to sit down with our staff, it was staff only, and we listened to our staff members of color, you know, listen to what they've had to experience and deal with and, you know, just be putting, trying to put our feet in their shoes to see what they have had to deal with, but also how we can remedy the situation and what we can do to make sure that we are all aware and can be better prepared for those situations and be just become better people in general. You know, obviously having those uh, conversations, you know, whether they're tough conversations or not, you know, having those conversations with your peers, you know, your staff members, as well as your students is step one. Uh, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but, you know, has anything come out of those discussions um, as far as kids or staff, you know, any new initiatives or ongoing in initiatives since that? Um, yeah, so we now have book club, we have a, a book club, a diversity team in our school that is uh, making sure that we're being equitable for our students. And we also have a, a equity club who meets once a month and they, they do book reviews uh, on some of those books that uh, the teachers have picked out. And uh, I believe that, that has helped a lot, but just we, having the amount of students of color that we have, we have to be at the forefront of this. Like it's not something that we can we can push underneath the rug or just forget about like this social justice has to stay at the front of our foremind because that is the population that we serve in our school. Oh, that's very cool to hear. And it sounds like that could very well develop into a CMAA project down the road. Okay. Most, most definitely it could. Okay. Let's, uh, let's lighten things up a little bit. Um, you know, I know you haven't been at the Purcell Marion for very long, but what do you like about it? What's one of your favorite things about the job? What gets you excited about coming to school each day? I mean, the cliche answer is the kids, obviously, but that that's the that's the true essence of our job is we serve the kids and our student body of the school. So getting to come to see the kids every day at work, you know, they're interested in their sport. Hey, Mr. Reed, are you coming to our game tonight? Are you coming to our game? You say, of course I'm coming to the game. They, they get excited and to be able to see them perform after school, I think is what makes it, it all worth it and to see their progression through the four years of high school and see them grow and mature as, as people. And, you know, along the way, those milestones, we just had our, uh, our senior football player got a, a full ride academic scholarship to the University of Dayton yesterday, he found out. So that, and that was huge news for him, you know, hey, I just got a full ride to the University of Dayton. Like, that's awesome, Zach, congratulations. And, and to see how excited he was makes this all worth it, makes the uh, long hours, everything, about this job worth it. Oh, no, absolutely. You get it on the head. You know, we, we get paid to go to games and, and hang out with coaches. That's the great part. But even better, you know, are those accomplishments and those feel-good moments you get with kids uh, at their games. Just come to the game. You know, hey, coach, you know, thanks for coming to the game. And then stuff like that, the, uh, the scholarships and those types of accolades, you know, wow, is there any better job than what we have as athletic directors, no, uh, this is one, one of the greatest jobs I, I could I could think of. Okay. Well, Reed, this has just flown by. I can't believe uh, how fast it's gone, but uh, <laughs> we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're in a pretty unique situation here. Uh, usually, I ask our ads, um, "What are three things that you would put in a brand new?" athletic director's 
toolbox. And, uh, you know, you've been on the job here a little bit, but, uh, you know, I still think we could call you a new athletic director. So what are three things that you would put in or maybe three things that you would like to have been in your toolbox starting out? Uh, what's going to go in Reed Hollinger's toolbox? Um, I would say networking is huge. Build that network around you. Not only will it help you you know, figure things out. If you ever have questions, lean on your mentors. They're going to be huge help and support along the way. Um, the second toolbox thing that I would put in there, like we've talked about, social media. In the day that we are in today, and you've mentioned with UCF and Gus Malzone having their, their Twitter handles on the back of their jersey, just having a, a social media presence, I feel like, elevates your, your game as an athletic director. And then lastly, just relationships, building relationships with the kids, the family, the community that you're in will, will take you a, a long way. If they know the community is your bought in, the community is going to buy in as well and will help make things a lot easier as an athletic administrator. As we know, there is a lot of support and help that is needed from the community to make things run smoothly. So if you can have the community buy in and have those relationships with the parents and the staff, your life will be much easier, I feel. Hmm wise, wise words. And I just recently began uh, re-listening to all of our episodes, which you know, I think right now we've aired about 133. And I've been cataloging the toolbox responses. Um, and you know, you, uh, you hit a couple of our top ones, you know, right there. And they're all great answers, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm going to be publishing that probably uh, in the next month or so. Reed Hollinger, uh, one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, and I certainly encourage you to do so. Uh, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? I am on Twitter at Hollinger Reed. So my first, my last name followed by my first name, Hollinger Reed. And then my email at Purcell Marion is rhollinger, H-O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R at purcellmarion.org. Okay. Uh, reach out to this young man. He's got some great ideas for you. Reed, thanks so much for being on the podcast and all the best as you wrap up the spring season. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jake. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD. And